Now here's the voice of North Florida lacrosse, Ray Carnicelli. and welcome to another edition of Cradle to the Grave with Kerwick and Carnicelli. I am Ray Carnicelli, joined by Coach Matt Kerwick. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing great today, Ray. Just um, made, made our way through a hurricane down here in, in Tampa. It went, went far west of us, so we're, we're in great shape in Tampa, but it's, uh, it's hitting around us, which is unfortunate for a lot of people down here. But other than that, I'm doing really well. It's been uh, a little too long since we've been together, my man. Yeah, since our last time together, we uh, saw each other in person in in uh, Lake Placid. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, up here in North Florida, we dodged the hurricane, a little windy, a little bit of rain, but not too bad. So wishing everyone well as this storm moves up through Georgia and up the eastern seaboard. But let's talk some lacrosse. Uh, the PLL, Lake Placid, fall ball, the spring, the recruiting scene, lots to talk about. We've got a great guest today. Tell us about today's guest. Uh, super excited to have Mr. Lavelle. Kevin Lavelle is is a legend uh, in in our in our game. He's one of the all time greats at at being a pure goal scorer. Right? He was unbelievable crease attackman for UMass and played a lot of the years in the professional league with I know for the Rattlers for a while and a couple others I think as well. And just just an unbelievable finisher, um, captain of the USA team that that, that won the gold. And ju- just a really humble, uh, unassuming guy uh, when you meet him. But when you see him play, he's just an absolute uh, terror out there. He's tenacious and finisher and, and leader and uh, and nobody you'd rather play with as, as like a, a guy on the outside feeding the ball in. You know that it's going to the back of the net when he catches it. He catches everything as a player. And now he's doing a ton for lacrosse, running the Lake Placid tournament for a lot of years with his father. Um, who started the tournament in 1990, Mr. Lavelle, and Kevin's been running it for a lot of years. So he puts a, a, a lot of blood and sweat into that that tournament. And, and as you know, by going up there, awesome to deal with you up there a couple of weeks ago, Ray. It's just a, it's a it's really well run and professionally run, and everybody has such a great time up there. And it's it's due to the, to the Lavelle family. So yep. this is going to be awesome to have him on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to him about his history in the game, uh, a little recap of uh, Summit Lacrosse Ventures and Lake Placid, and some of the other events that they have going on, and just his thoughts on the the lacrosse world right now uh, as a UMass Gorilla. Uh, looking forward to the spring. Tell, tell the audience a little news about what's going on in the spring involving UMass. Yeah, we were asked, um, actually, one of our teammates up in Lake Placid, Ray, when we played for the Salem Shoe, um, you know, it's it's an amazing group of guys. And, and Jason Breo has done wonders for, for lacrosse in the in the Atlanta area. Uh, he, he's, he's done so much for that area of lacrosse. He's been there a long time. And Actually, his son plays for UMass now, um, and he's a, a, a big influential person, like I said, in the Atlanta area for lacrosse, and they're running a huge event in the spring. 
with a, a bunch of games and, and they're going to broadcast a couple of them. And, and the bit, the highlight of, of the day is going to be the UMass versus Army game. And they've asked you and I to uh, announce that game. So we'll be up there in, in, in February to, to announce a couple really big games that are going to get the early season going. And the UMass Army game will be a really fierce one. It, it is every year. They always play early in the year and it's a battle every year because it's two teams that are very similar. They're just physical and tough and, and they just keep playing no matter what. And so it's always a great game. So I'm pumped to do that with you, Ray. Yeah, same here. And, and, you know, when it was brought up uh, and, and they asked if we would like to be involved and check the schedule, it's still far off, but it's really exciting. Just gives you that uh, stake in the ground for an early spring game and doing some research and calling it. We had Coach Elbarisi from Army on. Now we're going to have uh, Kevin Lavelle on. So that adds a little drama to it that weekend as well in Atlanta. Uh, North Carolina, UNC will be playing Mercer. So it's a long ways off, a lot of fall ball in between, but uh, just something else to look forward to. Talking a little bit, and we'll talk in the final segment a little bit more about these subjects, but your PLL season, uh, I was thinking about what it was like for the Chrome. Was it like getting voted off the island in the the show Survivor? Or was it it more like uh, musical chairs? Like the music stopped and there was one chair, or excuse me, one guy standing without the chair, and that was the Chrome? Or was it more like probably you can relate to this roller skating back in the eighties and it was couples only and all the couples start pairing up. And then there's young Matt Kerwick with his roller skates on leaning against the rail as the music's playing. And there's no one left to dance with, which was it most like? Well, I, I I mean, my goodness, you've touched on a lot of things right here. I mean, this, that is really uh, hitting a nerve for me, but um, yeah, it, it was a tough year for us. It was a tough summer. The guys are incredible. I, I can't say enough about them. Um, they gave everything they had. They 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 they're fully committed. It, it just we struggled on the offensive end. Our defense was outstanding. Um, we just we, we had a couple games where we didn't handle the ball, and our confidence was a little bit shook. And then we had a couple chances down the stretch to maybe make the playoff because only one team doesn't. But it's it's on us, and and uh, you know it was tough. You know I feel for the guys mostly, and and the coaching staff. You know we we care an awful lot, and we worked really hard at it. But you know it was one of those things. It was a team that was very similar to last year's team, and we were whatever we were last year. You know eight and three or nine and two, whatever the heck it was. Um, we had a really good season last summer, and high expectations this summer. And yep. it, it just we just couldn't get over the hump, and and struggled putting the ball in the back of the net, and that was really the difference. And now it's uh, back to the drawing board a little bit, and with a number and again, one draft the guys pick, guys worked really hard. Yeah, we'll we'll talk more with about a number the, one draft pick. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk, and, and you know that's going to help for sure. A lot of drama and who that's going to be. Uh, not when we come back in the final segment after talking to Kevin Lavelle, uh, I'm going to ask you some predictions for the playoffs. Will the Archers and that number one seed hang on? Who are some of the sure. players that really impressed you? So we'll talk more about that. Um, so briefly, Let me on, ask you on one, one question, Ray. Yeah, sure. Did, did you did you watch our game the other night? Well, I watched the the prior one because when we saw each other in Lake Placid, yeah. you mentioned that you, you just got to get the ball through Nick Turn, and he's so dominant, and he scored four goals. The the the, the you know no uh, Wisnowskis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Wisnowskis. Yeah. Um, and and then yeah. Um, you know, I did not watch last week. Guilty as charged. I, yeah. Well, the only reason there was a wild play in the game that that led to kind of a a little bit of a Donnie Brooks, you know, uh, a scuffle. Were you involved? Benches somewhat cleared. No, I was smiling and taking it all in and trying to get guys to make the right decision. But, but, um, 
but it was uh, it was a wild play. So I highly recommend you just check out the play and and you know I'd love to hear your take on that play because there's a lot of a lot of talk on uh, was it was it a cheap play? Was it not? And, okay. and uh, I didn't think it was that cheap, but check it out and 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 let me know. Will do. Uh... You know, Lake Placid, uh, we kind of had a similar story, you and I. I went out there playing out of position, uh, not for my normal team. I was playing for another team, playing LSM, and I got injured in the first game doing something stupid, going for a ground ball down by two with five seconds left, and kind of put a damper on on my participation. But uh, Greg Gephardt held things down and took the title uh, as the goalie for your team, Sailing Shoe. And um, it was a our lot of fun. Team, our, our team. Our team. I Played probably three minutes for Sail and Shoe. Had a shutout. No shots on cage. But you know, people ask me that I have a good time in Lake Placid. And even without playing, you know, I was training. I was all excited to get out there and show my wares. And I still had a great time. I, you know, I have no yeah. regrets about going up, uh, hanging out with you, seeing the uh, old Cortland guys, my old teammates, and meeting so many new people. And then the local guys from the North Florida area who went up playing in various divisions, we, we caught back up together. So it was uh, the yeah. Woodstock for lacrosse is how I would put it. That's a great way to put it. I, you know, I've been going to so many of them since the very first one in 1990. And it's, I tell people the same thing. It's, it is not about the lacrosse. That That's kind of the, to me at this age, that's the, part of the day those couple hours on the field the best part is just seeing so many old friends and making new ones and and just running into people that that have so much passion for the game of lacrosse and and just enjoying company and, and having you up there was a blast ray and yeah it's uh I, I was definitely a little dinged up heading into the tourney so i felt very very slow out there and 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 i remember there we scored a goal in the first game and i came off and you said to me hey Kermy." do you see that really big old guy on, on the sideline over there? I said, yeah. Right. And he said, he was tracking you down. He was catching up to you on that fast break that you were running. Luckily I got rid of the ball at the last second and we did score on the play. We, he, yeah. He closed on you though. You said that to me. I said, I, I know you said he was closing and I fully believe you. Right. And, and that's why, uh, it, it might be time to, to hang now, it up. Yeah, you said, you said that. You said that at the end. But I think what I would recommend <laughs> for you, instead of giving up, is train a little, just a little bit. I know. Ahead I, of time. I was injured this summer, Ray. That's my excuse. That's my excuse. All right. But I promise, if I do play next year, I will train. You, and it was the opposite. Correct. Opposite. I was trained and in shape, and ended up, uh, you know, getting bruised ribs, doing something stupid, and not being able to play. But a lot of fun. We'll talk That's to right. Kevin Lavelle about Lake Placid and the history and uh, a little bit more. And then when we come back, uh, once again, you followed, you also coached up at Lake Placid. What was that like coaching uh, your son Sean's team? I believe they were, were they uh, 25s or 24s or how was that team put together? Yeah, it was a high school division, uh, Ray, and, and that was real lacrosse. What you and I tried to play, uh, the, the walking around, jogging around lacrosse that the, the over 50 division is, is not real. What coaching the high school division and that team that we put together for the Salem Shoe group was just, it was amazing because these guys have been on the recruiting trail all summer, right? It's very serious and college coaches always, you know, sitting on the sideline watching them play and they're playing a little bit um, tight, I believe. And then when we get this team together up there at the end of the summer, we're just playing to play. And, you know, we, we, we ran away with the championship with that group and that, and that division and that bracket. And these kids were slinging the ball, right? You saw the, the final game, I believe. And, yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch. It was, 
it was so much fun to coach these kids. And there's some tremendous talent from mostly upstate New York, but we had some, some guys from, you know, Salisbury school who were really talented. And, uh, I, that, that made my week. But once the old guys came in at the end of the high school tournament, that's when I started getting a little nervous, but, uh, the first part of the week, um, what an experience and, and just such a cool event that, that, uh, the Lavelle's put on up there. Well, with that, we'll go ahead and call a timeout. We'll get Kevin Lavelle on, and then we'll come back and catch up and uh, wrap up Cradle to the Grave with Kerwick and Carnicelli. I'd like to welcome our next guest on Cradle to the Grave with Kerwick and Carnicelli. It's Kevin Lavelle. Kevin, how are you doing today? Doing great. Doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, Coach Kerwick and I were chatting about our, our trip to Lake Placid. Uh, we went up and... Um, you know, participating in that great event, and we're looking for some interesting guests. And your name came up, and I was so excited to talk to you. Your history in the game as a, a player, uh, somebody whose family's been deeply involved in the game, and now your work with with Summit Lacrosse. I, I want to go be- way back. Uh, when do you first remember there being lacrosse? Was it always in your life because of your dad's involvement, or how did that work out? Um. Yeah, my earliest. Um... Memories in lacrosse are kind of in my basement of my original house that I grew up in. So I moved when I was five, so I can recall banging around in the basement with my father at our original house there. And then, um, yeah, I think my my father never played lacrosse growing up. He went to Niagara University, and while at school there, he was introduced to lacrosse and um, really caught the bug. So he was real involved post collegiately, and. Yeah, I think, you know, my godfather, um, Mike DeRossi, kind of had a stick ready for me when I was born. So I had that in the in the, in the the cradle. And um, and literally, it was not a full wooden stick. It was a wooden shaft with a plastic head at that time in 1981. But, um, yeah, just a lot of uh, natural influence around the house. You know, I recall all the NCAA championship games being on when I was, when I was young. And, and really um, – like Placid started in 1990, so by the time I was eight or nine, um, you know, I had a lot of people playing right in front of me. Were you in the? You grew up in the capital region of New York. That's right. Yep, Delmar, uh, part of Bethlehem. And you know, going through uh, youth and high school, started playing pretty young, I assume, in the organized league. I'm I'm from the early 80s, and there weren't a lot of youth programs uh, when I was. Uh, coming through uh but you're that generation where things were probably picking up in the youth leagues especially in in new york were probably a little more advanced a little bit um yeah i think i started playing organized when i was about eight and that was uh, again my father's doing he kind of started uh, the capital district youth lacrosse association um and at that time and, and a lot of i was playing some youth hockey prior to that and between myself and some of the friends through that, there was definitely enough interest to get lacrosse going. And so he started that. We had, you know, all different ages, boys and girls out there in those first years, just, just to get enough people to kind of get it, get some action going. But um, certainly from there, it took off, you know, pretty quickly in the area. And your decision to go to UMass, what was involved in that and what were uh, some of the options? Uh, Yeah. Uh, You know, I was fortunate um, with the Empire State Games back in action the way it was when I was coming up, uh, I made the Adirondack team in my freshman year. So I was I was on the Empire team for three 
three rounds. And in the first year, they had published my grad year incorrectly. So they had me as kind of a rising as a junior going to be a senior. So I, I had some quote unquote unauthorized activity until it finally was kind of uncovered that I was not the age that was published. Um, so I had an interesting and fun kind of start there with some conversations. And, um, you know, I, I think right off the bat, UMass was in the mix. For me, just one, it was close by. Um, two, I knew there were some other guys from my Empire team that were headed off there in the coming years. Um, but I was also, I took visits to Hopkins, UNC, and Loyola. Um, I was supposed to go to UMBC post my UMass trip. But, um, you know, between knowing some of the guys and getting up to campus there and hanging out with everybody, um, the proximity of, of UMass to Albany so my parents could get there easily and, and help have fun and support. Um, and then, you know, the coaching staff, Coach Canella is one of my favorite people by far ever and continues to be the more people I come across. Um, and really the the mentality and just, and just you know, of the program and just generally as, as people um was right in line with me so that that was a clear message to me that this is a good spot um and uh really worked out we had a our first season wasn't the greatest season on the field but um we bounced back with three strong ones and i uh, wouldn't change a thing and then on to uh the professional ranks and uh, team usa how would you rate the experience of going through the the tryouts and the bonding with team usa and uh winning winning the gold yeah. Uh, well, I, I, try, I tried out for the team three different occasions. Um, and the first two, I actually didn't make it when, uh, you know, in one way, I would think I was in better lacrosse skill conditions uh, those earlier years when I was younger. Um, but it was an alternate in 2010 when they won the gold in, in Manchester. My brother was on the team. Um, so that was a really cool experience to kind of be there, but not have the pressure or be involved on the field. Uh, but to be up up front and center and kind of in the mix, you know, in the locker room with everybody and the whole thing the whole time. So that was really cool. And then, you know, kept going at it. Uh, certainly was a long time goal of mine to make the team. Um, made it when I was, I think, 33, uh, which was kind of ironic and funny. But also, as you realize, you need kind of a different mix of players and you need experience and in all different parts to make it all work. Um, so I was real proud to represent the team in 2014 in Denver. We kind of came up short of our goal, of course, but, um, you know, again, it was an experience that was just really special. Uh, the tryouts were ultra competitive, you know, having been a part of three of them, uh, in the first year that I tried out, there wasn't any pro players because the MLL was just kicking off. Um, in 2010, there was some pro players and we were, uh, going to do, try to get the gold medal back from Canada. And then, again, as I got older and everything got more competitive um, and, t- and the talent level seemed to kind of rise, uh, you know, it was an honor to make it in 2014 and, and try to lead that team to success. Who was the head coach that year? In 2014, it was Coach Bede. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Kerwick and I had discussed uh, the pinnacle of lacrosse, and we we came to the conclusion, in our opinions, that for for the fans, it's the NCAA uh, championship, and for an individual player, it's making that Team USA wearing the uniform and uh, taking the gold. You've played high level college, Team USA at the pro level. How would you rate the the differences in terms of uh, personal accomplishments? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, for me, 
it was really just all so much fun and just and just all new experiences to be had um you know growing up when i did there wasn't anything beyond college as far as any professional leagues and things like that as far as field um you know team usa was always around and was always just something in the background that you're like yeah that'd be you know you're in your backyard shooting around and and yeah this would be amazing to be on usa one day um but i have to say like all even you know with quote unquote limited success with not winning an ncaa championship and never winning an mlh championship and not technically being on the field to win a gold medal um from that perspective i just think they were all amazing experiences where you're just kind of a part of a team of 20 to 40 guys and everyone's working together towards the same goal and uh there's really you know when you don't have that like i don't now i retired you know in 2014 and play a little bit more hockey than i do lacrosse at this point but you know, to, to have the locker room and, and that kind of uh, group of people working on the same project in a, in a really tight way, um, I think, you know, looking back, that's that's my favorite piece of all of it, and it overlaps all of them, no matter how well we did or whatever. But, um, you know, just, just to be together and, and meet new people and get to build relationships with new people and, and strengthen them over the years and sure and then see people that's where it all ties back to like classes for me it's kind of like I, I end up seeing a lot of these people annually if i if i wouldn't otherwise now so um and and, and kevin yeah, that's I'm one of the fortunate. things i wanted to mention to you like the the lake placid thing i went about 12 years ago and played with my Cortland state uh, alumni and most of the guys i had not seen because i moved to florida from from auburn new york and so yeah. getting back there and having that reunion with those guys and then i went up again this year and uh, played a little bit with Cortland and um, tried to play a little bit with Sale and Shoe before I got banged up. But it, oh, no. it's it's really getting back to the, to the roots of the game. Uh, you know, for the, for the kids, and Coach Kerwick mentioned it in the opening, the, the recruiting is just so nonstop and pressure-filled. And, you know, all of us old men uh, on with our lives, playing pickup on Sunday and playing maybe playing a little bit competitively. But the being up there in Lake Placid, uh, Summit Lacrosse, and seeing how much it's grown just in the past 10 years since I last went, I called it the Woodstock of Lacrosse. I've been to Vail, I've been to Ocean City, I've been to the, uh, the the Florida Lacrosse Classic. And that Lake Placid event, it's just, it's the, the maybe it's just being in the Adirondacks, it's so chill. And it was just really nice. And talk to me about what it means to get back to the roots of the game there with in a not really a pressure packed situation unless you're in in the finals i mean sale and shoe wants to win the thing every year so there was a little bit of pressure yeah <laughs> it was a great balance of that and i think the best way i can explain it is that my father you know he had gone out to Vail, i think in 88 or 89 and kind of came back saying you know that was awesome and but you know, two hours north of Albany here, we've got Lake Placid, which he frequented the hike and things like that. So um, I think because it wasn't a, it was never a business decision to do that. It was just more of, I love lacrosse. I love Lake Placid. I think people would also love it. And um, it was just simply built on, on just general interest and excitement of, of just being there and doing that. Um, and and it just kept growing. I think more people, it was just an organic scenario, um, which would be really hard to do to this in this time with just social media and the internet and everything else. It's, I don't think it could be replicable or it is replicable based on how we are now. So I think it was just the timing of it all. 
um, proximity to so many great people and players. And, um, and we've tried to maintain, like, you know, there's, there's lots that we love about lacrosse in 2023. There's other things that we don't like so much about lacrosse in 2023. And, and I think we have an opportunity there in Lake Placid with, you know, the people that have been coming for a long time or even brand new to just kind of keep it close to that core of, of why we all started playing and why we enjoy playing. And we don't really need to jeopardize any of it by any commercial, this, that, or the other mm-hmm. thing. It's, we're in a fortunate scenario to be able to do that, but we never, all of our decisions are made on, you know, on a real clear and clean basis of enjoyment, fun, no stress, um, trying to almost re- rebel or repel um, against some of these things that have come up as the game's grown. So, well, it's, it's, our, it's our bubble, and we're very inclusive. Um, it's not a bubble that's exclusive, but it's uh, we try to keep it protected as best as we can. And you know, the, the inclusivity that you mentioned, you know, the the girls' teams, the women's teams, the the women that are my age that are still playing. I played in the over fifty eligible now for the over fifty five, and then you see the you know the guys in their uh, in their sixties, probably a couple seventy year olds as well. It is truly amazing the way it's spread out over time. So the high school kids kind of clear out as the old people sh- start showing up. And so well run from from the app to the fields to the vendors to the referees. That's why I was excited to uh, to get you on. How many teams were there overall and participants? I think we ended up with 243 teams wow. here. Yep. And we have, you know, just under 100 or so scholastic teams from Monday to Wednesday. And then on Wednesday afternoon come in the um, the really experienced folks from 50 to 65 plus. And everybody's on kind of a three-day circuit. Um, so, you know, you get a few nights. And, and that's the other thing. I think because it's kind of spread out a little bit as far as your schedule, like you have time to really spend time with other, other folks, not always at the field. Um, you know, you kind of have a lot of options to work with as far as the turning sure. of things and, and there's a lot to do obviously there in so many different ways and shapes and and um yeah it's, it's a i don't know it's just an amazing special thing that's just naturally developed and it's really all you know it all points back to the people that are involved like all the participants that come and their attitudes and their excitement and and their plans to get together with old friends yes um, it's really kind of a from my perspective, looking out from the HQ, it's, I see a lot of hugs. I almost see more hugs and high fives and smiles than lacrosse. Um, so it's almost a, a hug tournament. Yeah. Well, but, uh, it, you know, for, for me, seeing like the, the D1 coaches like Coach Tiffany and Coach Tillman and all these guys out there playing, too, just getting back to the roots of the game is, is refreshing. They're getting off that, you know, that uh, treadmill of – recruiting and coaching this and that and just to go put the gear back on and uh and play for you know old guys like me and current d1 coaches and d3 coaches and it it, it was really fun and refreshing how how closely do you follow college lacrosse now are you still like a, a umass junkie are you following all the games yeah um, i uh i moved up to the midwest back before there was you know heavy coverage uh, in 2005 so i was like a little bit disconnected for five or so years um, my brother was at Syracuse, which I, again, it was, they were starting to stream some of those games. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I follow along. We've got a great text thread of, of my class from school that's been going on for years. And, you know, we're, we're keeping tabs on every game and uh, I'm excited for them in the new league this year. 
and um you know i think they've got a great shot at doing well as they always do and uh you know it's i i love that it's still coach canella and and other and uh kyle smith's now in there and alum coaching sure and they've always had a great staff and and i think i like to like like placid they're kind of true to who they are and what they do and and really um you know the process has been successful over the years i think the collegiate game especially at d1 uh, or at least more in my viewpoint d1 which i follow more um has become just ultra competitive so it's very hard to be successful as far as record and playoffs and things like that but um but certainly i think they're popping out great people and successful people as i always have and uh, it's, it's fun to follow and see so well Ker- kerwick and i will be broadcasting the UMass versus Army game from Atlanta to kick off the season. Awesome. He'll be doing the color. I'll be doing the play-by-play. So really looking forward to uh, the UMass team. You know, Coach Albarisi from Army was my high school coach. We had him on a couple of weeks ago, and now uh, you as a guest at UMass, it'll be uh, a little extra color for the game. So, and I do look Love. forward to meeting you, whether it's in Lake Placid or up in upstate New York somewhere uh, soon enough. Really appreciate you coming on, Kevin. Yeah, thank you so much. It's always fun to do, and uh, definitely let's connect up in late classes at the very least. All right, that was Kevin Lavelle from Summit Lacrosse, the grand poobah of the Lake Placid Lacrosse Championship. I'd like to welcome back Matt Kerwick on Cradle to the Grave with Kerwick and Carnicelli. Kevin Lavelle, what an interesting character, almost like a Forrest Gump of lacrosse. He's had that career in college at UMass, played in the pros, Team USA, and still involved with Lake Placid. Um, it's really good catching up with him. Yeah, like I said, Ray, he's you know, so unassuming, and, and if you meet him in person, it's the same way. It, it'd be kind of hard to believe that he's as good as he, you know, as he has always been and, and what he does for the game because he, he doesn't like speaking about it, but man, he was an incredible player and, and what he's done for the game and, and, and all these summit things that he does and certainly with uh lake placid it, it's it's amazing what he's done for the game just a number of teams that are involved in lake placid from all the different ages the women and girls all the way up to the boys men and super old men it it's just wild it, even 10 years ago i think the last time i went it was probably half the size yeah i mean like i've said before Ray, i played in the very first one and there were eight teams Right. And, and it was it was uh, the who's who of lacrosse at that time. And, you know, it was it was eight open men's teams that started it in 1990. And and to see what it is now, I don't know how many teams it is now. But it's probably like 240 teams or something crazy between the girls and the boys and women and men and and, uh, you know, every level. So it's uh, it's just awesome to see it grow the way that it has. And it, it hasn't become commercial. It hasn't become you know, overpriced. It hasn't become shortened games just to try to jam games in. It's 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 stayed pure to the game of lacrosse and and, and, it's and great one, what they've done. One of the wild things for me was uh, maybe not as much as you because you know all these guys, but to see and and suit up with Coach Tillman on our team and saw Lars Tiffany uh, geared up right. uh, at the field and so many of the coaches and who else did we? Who were some of the D one coaches that we ran into? Um, just that week that we're up there either playing or just oh, uh, having fun. Yeah, it's constant. You know, Jerry Byrne at Harvard has always played with the shoe. He, he hung him up a little while ago, but he still comes for the week just to be around people. And, and that Harvard has a, an, an old man's team up there. So I'm sure he hangs out with those guys and, and a bunch of the sailing shoe guys with us. And, you know, I ran into Dom Starja 
Dom is still playing. I think he's in the the super super wow. duper Grand Masters, whatever they call it, the the like sixty five seventy and up division. He's up there all the time. You run into Coach Simmons um, from Syracuse. Um, that family is always up there. All the Simmons um, clan, and and you just see so. I'm pretty many sure we saw and, Scott Marr over at the house. Yeah, Scotty Marr came came by, and and we had we had a great time with him, and. You know, it, it's and that's what it's all about. It, it's it has nothing to do with the score of the games at the end. It's just the camaraderie of of Lake Placid and and till I talked to Tills. I think he told me he missed one, um, and this was year thirty three. So he's only missed one time in thirty three years. He's a utility guy. Uh, I saw him playing. He played some LSM. He was on the wing on the faceoff, both with a shorty and a long pole, and in the huddle. Uh, you know, people did kind of turn to him for some uh, suggestions and hurting the cats and trying to uh, keep people off the field is probably the biggest challenge when you've got so many, so much <laughs> talent on one team. Yeah, we had like 32 guys at the start, and it, it's like he said, that's a lot of guys, uh, you know, on a on a summer league team. But he's like, yeah, but by uh, day three, it'll be down to like 22, and he was exactly right, yep. you know. So, uh, but he's the best. Tills is great, and and he just loves being a part of it and organizes the shoe team now. He took it over from from Jake Reed and Jeff Long and Joe Taylor, the guys that kind of founded sure. um, the Salem Shoe, and he he runs it now. So he's the man. So Matt PLL, who were a couple of players just give me two or three guys that really impressed you this year oh man it that's really hard to answer it, 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 it honestly every single player in that league is is, is just incredible the the fitness level the strength the speed the the skill set um i i gotta give a shout out to jt giles on our team defensively Ryan Tarafanko, our, our short stick D midi whole crew. You can't name a bunch there, of Chrome guys there. that are golfing right now. Yeah, I, well, you know, they are golfing right now, which uh, I hope they're enjoying that. But, you know, the, the, the obvious ones, you know, you've got Holman has had a great year. Um, who's the big attackman from, from High Point? Um, I'm drawing a blank on it. Oh, Asher Nolting? Uh, yeah, Asher's had yeah. a great year. He's a great kid. Um, you know, you have to look at Schreiber. You know, Tom Schreiber is, he's a different You level. never mentioned the goalies leading, except for your own goal. He's leading. So all, many all good goalies. goalies. All the goalies insane. are good. You're right. I you're mean, right. Okay. My, my goalie crew of McElroy and, and uh, Scannoni, um, I'll, I'll, I'll take those guys anywhere. But yeah, the goalies, are, it, there's just every single, you can go right through every. Uh, I'm every looking forward to the playoff. Who, who wins away. it all? Give me the champion. Uh, hard to bet against the archers right now. Um, but it, it's anybody's game. I, I really feel that, that way. And, and, you know, the chaos, I think, is going to make a run at it um, like they always do at this time of the year. Um, they, they can finish whatever record, and they're always making a run. Uh, but I, 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 right now, I'd, I'd have to say that the, the chaos and obviously the archers are the, are the front runner. They're, they're the team to beat. But those two, I think, are, are awfully tough. Water dogs are, are, are right there. Okay, so, so you just named every team those, in the league. No, I would say those three. I would okay. say it's between those three, but I'm going with the archers. There you go. Matt, um, fall ball, you know, I'm here in Jacksonville, uh, North Carolina. Yeah. UNC's coming down to play Jacksonville. Uh, I've got the alumni game and the golf tournament. I'm hoping you can make it. You really, you didn't help us much on the golf course last year, but it was fun. Um, I know the, the oh, alumni at JU. Well day. It, was, it was the day prior I really stunk it up. Sunk okay. up the joint, but I know the Jacksonville alumni lo- loved having you, so <laughs> hopefully you and uh, your better yeah. half can come up and round out this this golf team. I, I really hope to make it, Ray, and I'm, I'm excited to see the, 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 uh, the golf 
Dolphins this summer, or this this fall, see how they do. And obviously, all the teams in the fall they're getting ramped up right now. Some of them wait a little bit longer to get started. You know, I talked to Tills recently, and at Maryland they wait a little bit. You know, other schools are rolling right now, so it, it depends on what your your approach is. If you look at all the fall ball, and that's going to be a great weekend for for Jacksonville with the UNC coming to town. Well, try to try to get up here for that. By then, Cortland State may have a coach. Um, I'm expecting an announcement any day now. So yeah, what's the hang up there? Have you heard um, why, Yeah, why I have heard some, some things. Time? Nothing I, I really want to share, but it's down to two guys, and I I think I know who's going to get it. Um, the the guy I really two guys I really wanted to get it are are no no longer in in the running for one reason or another. Oh, but uh, I'm gonna hold out the hope. Scoop. They, they call you they call you scoop. Huh? That's right. And the, you, you people the tell inside? me because I don't I don't gossip. I don't gossip. So they trust telling me. I appreciate that, Ray. I appreciate that. Well, Matt, it was great uh, catching up with you in Lake Placid. Hope to see you soon, if not before the Ju fall ball game versus uh, North Carolina. I, I know you're gonna start memorizing the U. Mass and Army rosters and breaking it down for that uh, February game that we're going to be on the call for. Uh, oh, great talking you know to it. Kevin Laval. So before we go, uh, yeah. give us one of your favorite albums. Well, the album of the week, this week, it goes to my favorite band of all time. And I'm surprised I waited this long to, to, to have one of their albums. But The Who, Quadrophenia, was very impactful on, on my teenage years, listening to that album over and over as I cut my, my yard at my parents' house. Was it with the uh, Walkman? Was it a cassette it or a disc Walkman. player? Yes. Discman. I, had, I, had, I had this album on one side of the tape, right? It was Genesis Abacab on one side and The Who, Quadrophenia, on the other and I would just listen to that when I when I cut the lawn. I'd basically go through both albums. Uh, oh, big to get yard. Through, the, through it. Yeah, it was pretty big yard. It was pretty pretty good size. I, I will go. I'll, I'm with you on the Who, not with you on Genesis. I, I go against the grain with my generation on Genesis as well. But I did see the Who last year, as as you did as well. Uh, so I, this week you get a you get a thumbs up with Quadrophenia. Oh my goodness! Finally, Ray. I appreciate that, man. And thank you so much. It was awesome hanging with you in Placid and. Always a pleasure to be with you, and, and uh, thanks for today and with Kevin. Kevin was great, and I can't wait to see you uh, next time. Hope you've enjoyed listening to Cradle to the Grave with Kerwick and Carnicelli.